Today's episode of The Mask Man Show is brought to you by SeatGeek. They're our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. SeatGeek makes buying tickets on your phone a snap. With just two taps, you can instantly buy tickets to an event that same day. Uh, WrestleMania, SummerSlam. Uh, I don't know if you can buy them to Battle of Los Angeles, but similar things. Uh, you can have your tickets delivered straight to your phone and enter the event without ever having to print a ticket. Uh, if you can't go to a gamer show, you can sell the tickets you already have directly from the app in 30 seconds or less. And uh, with SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly where you're sitting, what you'll pay, and, uh, and whether or not you're getting a good deal all right from your phone. I know I like to I have the seats that I have to sit in to watch pro wrestling. You got to be right there like 10 rows up on the camera side riser, get the perfect view, and you can do that on SeatGeek. So, uh, so drop your old ticket app and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And also, guys, um, NFL season is starting. Actually, by the time you're listening to this, it's already started. NFL time is now. Uh, if you're ready, and you know that I am, check out BetDSI. That's BetDSI.com. They've been in business for over 20 years. They're, they're a top-rated business. Uh, they're safe. I play there myself. BetDSI has a beginning-of-the-season special. It's a free free $25 to try the service uh, when you use our code BSPN25. That's BSPN25. They're also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. Uh, there's NFL fantasy matchups and player-versus-player wagers and hundreds of NFL, NASCAR, F1, UFC, uh, even Trump-versus-Clinton odds that you can bet on. Um, definitely go check it out. You can play virtually any sport there. So go to betdsi.com right now and use the code BSPN25 for a free 25 bucks to try the service. That's betdsi.com and enter the code BSPN25. Welcome to the Mask Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. I'm here with Steve Kazee. I'm here with Joel Solomon. How you doing, guys? Good, good. Good, man. You are the face that runs the place here. <laughs> and that's why it's an audio podcast. Um, the There's a lot of stuff to talk about this week. We got backlash discussion coming up. I went to BOLA two out of three nights. Um, we'll talk about that. Um, but there's a lot of news that just sort of dropped in the past little bit. You sent me a note, Joel, um, that it looks like the Chris Benoit biopic is officially back on. It looks like time has passed, and now th- this is okay to make this movie. Oh like, boy! Are you you're hearing about this for the first time? Well, I haven't got any auditions. That's for it exactly anything, where, where but, I wanted uh, to go with this. Uh, I have not heard that. Would you Would you entertain the Steve? Who for everyone listening to this who doesn't know, Steve is an actual actor who has acted on television and in movies. Movies? Uh, movies? No television so far. Television and stage. Stage. Well, mm-hmm. to, you a Tony Award winning stage actor. Mm-hmm. And as you Google and IMDb and Google Image, I can vouch. You you could you could do this. You have the physique. You have the. <laughs> so you just the, came from the gym. He's sitting here in a sleeveless Bullet Club T-shirt. If we mess a tooth around or two, and uh, yeah, 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 is that what? What is your feeling? Like, would you would you entertain that that opportunity, or is that is that is that is that uh, that territory off limits for well, you? Well, I think your first question is always who's the director, and uh, we have and, Lexi and Alexander script. from Punisher Warzone. Okay. <laughs> I actually liked that movie. That was yeah, pretty, and of, apparently she had retired from from directing. She'd retired from movies and came back because this was such a good script. Who wrote the script? Uh, Sarah Coulter. Oh, interesting. I would. I you know, look. Is I always correct? say read the script and uh, and go from there. 
Um, and then you find out who's attached to it. I mean, I don't know. I, can't, I would never say never because let's be honest, there is an interesting story there that a lot of us may not know still. Maybe they have information that a lot of us don't know. Uh, I think there's a, a, a course to be charted to maybe tell that story of what actually happened because I think it's easy to vilify a human being for horrible acts. But uh, given recent uh, things that have popped up with CTE and concussions and sure. things, I think there's maybe some something to be gained from a deeper conversation. I think it's a tough hill to climb. Well, I mean, with you know, stepping on eggshells, that's kind of what we talked about. At, but at, I might have been at, wrong about that author. Hold on, she. The, uh, Lexi Alexander responded to a tweet as if she was responding to the screenwriter. But all, uh, anyway, it's it's based on Matthew Rendazzo's book, Ring of Hell. Mm. Uh, but anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, no, that is what we just kind of talked about at any given Wednesday is, you know, just in one of these tangent conversations is here's a guy that was like whitewashed from WWE history and we unthinkable act and now go figure X years later. Well, maybe the CTE and 15 concussions might have had something to do with this. Yeah. Well, I think that was talked about at the time. I mean, there was there was a lot of discussion. Uh, especially when the autopsy finally came out, that he had the brain of like a you know eighty year old Alzheimer's patient or something. Yeah. Yeah. Just judging by the just the the, the scans of the brain. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a it's a real story, uh, but you know it's also a really grisly story. That I mean, it's like it's like I will say this much: uh, in a lot of ways, Foxcatcher was a really difficult set of material sure. and I thought they pulled that off pretty well so you know it was a very dark movie and there's no way to sort of candy coat a guy being shot to death um, but I, I don't know you know I never say never there's been weirder movies out there it yeah. also comes down to Russell Crowe saying can I win an Oscar for this oh, ultimately but like honestly 10 years 10 years too late too but, late uh, that'd be a great casting call though Leah Schreiber's name passed around yeah I mean he played Sabretooth so you know another rabbit character yeah um yeah i mean it's just so it's so weird to think about as as interesting as it would be and as fun as it would be to to uh to see it done well i think we've all been burned by wrestling related projects not always been (laughs) being done to like our you know to whatever however we fantasy book i mean listen we fantasy book uh that's that's a huge part of our fandom it'll be impossible almost impossible and not be disappointed yeah um also i mean who's going to that that's not exactly like a date night movie yeah i mean that's a rough one yeah you've got to be going for awards season stuff right that's not that's going to be like uh indie movie or something i I don't know that's a tricky one that's tricky Oh man! It's Regardless, gonna be, it's I gonna am be, I am free. Okay. I'm not, I'm <laughs> okay. not working. It's going to be like you and like an incredibly steroidal Tom Hardy squaring off for this role. So you better get back. He's a bit, you <laughs> oh, might want to go to the gym a, a second too. time today. That's right. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of uh, people who've been whitewashed from from WWE history or who are risking it, uh, apparently uh, Alberto Del Rio has has left WWE, exercised a clause to get out following his suspension. And as of today, news came out uh, from the Wrestling Observer, I guess, that um, Paige has lawyered up. I don't know if it's just in an effort to kind of Ooh. combat the suspension or if she's um, if there are, you know, something something deeper as a foot. There was uh, there were reports and I'm reading here from Wrestling Inc. There were there were reports uh, that. Um, oh, on MLW uh, radio that uh, Mark Carano, WWE backstage presence, um, had approached Paige and Del Rio separately and, and harassed them about their relationship. And that's they split them up on the brand split to try to get them apart. 
Um, WWE did not approve of this relationship, and then um, them getting suspended at the same time, I think, was 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 definitely a kind of a shot across the bow. What relationship do they not a, a relationship they don't approve of? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You, you think you think they've already set the bar very low for what they're going to approve of? I mean, there's. I feel like there's. We've discussed this. There's only WWE relationships. Yeah, so that's totally sure true. What happened there? I mean, it's just sort of like I'm. I'm of two minds about it. I mean, of course, and and you know, you can have whatever relationship you want. We've all been in you know kind of wrong-headed relationships, and we don't even know whether or not this one really is a problem. It was but, toxic for the locker room, clearly. Yeah, but I mean, if WWE doesn't have with all of the great improvements and advancements they've made in development and talent relations and the sort of, you know, over the past five years or so, if you don't have a means of going to your people who you've had on the roster since they were 18 and just sort of like having a good, good enough relationship to talk this out, I mean, not to necessarily get them to break up, but just to get to a, a place where we're all comfortable with this. Yeah. It just, it sort of speaks a lot to the backstage culture outside of this relationship, I would, I would think. Well, yeah. I think that you're sniffing even this much of it must mean that on that base level, the backstage level, it must have been something really powerful. Because with us being able to speculate about it, that's enough that has leaked out that we can sort of piece yeah. together. So you can imagine what the real story is happening. For sure. The Usually they would use it for a storyline. Right. Maybe and this now, is a storyline. Well, good morning. <laughs> Look at you. This is... Now go ahead. Yeah. Everything's a storyline. Well, no, I mean, who knows? Maybe Del Rio, that was, I don't know, like poisoning Paige or just saying, getting... Literally poisoning yeah. her with illicit drugs. Well. <laughs> Enough to get her suspended. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it, it, I think that you're right, Steve. I mean, I think that there, there's probably there's probably a lot more to it. Um, it would be, it was, I just could not help but think when they, when, when they announced that Del Rio was leaving or when, when the word came out. I just couldn't help but think like how loud we all popped for Del Rio at when he made his big comeback. Was it SummerSlam last year that he made his big comeback? What event was it that he came back? Uh, I don't recall. Yeah, but he, when he made the comeback, the big comeback to Teddy beat John Cena. Yeah. And Cena took the little vacation. Zeb Coulter. Yeah. yeah. I, um, it would be really funny to do like like retroactive like rating the pop. Like if, like if that, like if we had known then what we know now. Like when Chris Benoit came out, we'd all kind of be like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. not clapping so loud. And when like Del Rio makes his big return and we're all going nuts just because we're surprised, we'd just be like, yeah, that didn't really end well. I mean, look, you're talking about a guy who was let go from the company for smacking the shit out of somebody backstage. Which, and it's seeming like if any smacked was justified, maybe that one was, but it's not like. Sure. You're still yeah. you still work for a company, though. Sure. You still you know, we're, you're not like in a backroom brawl. I understand someone speaks to you that way outside. You got a problem. You can handle it. Do right. whatever you want to do if that's how you want to live your life. But you're talking about a billion dollar company. And these guys, I think, sometimes lose sight of that. And, yeah. you know, uh, the machismo gets a little bit in the way and, uh, you know, somebody gets smacked. But we are talking about celebrating that guy. So clearly yeah. we're talking about someone who maybe has some issues. Yeah. I met him. I interviewed him one time. He was incredibly nice and incredibly, like, intelligent and soft-spoken. And uh, that doesn't mean anything about who he is as a real person. But, you know, that's my experience with him. Yeah. Um, anyway... Uh, that's a, or is there any more? Is there any good news that we can go to at this point? Well, we 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 have CM Punk. This could be a, a quick chapter. <laughs> I don't here. know if this is good news or bad news. <laughs> this is <laughs> yet to be seen. Wow. Oh man, CM Punk is making his UFC debut after a long, you know, long a long wait. He had a back surgery in the middle, and 
Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the kind of making of CM Punk documentaries that are mini docs that are on YouTube. Um, what we're seeing, I mean, I just saw the first one, maybe the first two. It, it was the very early days of his training, uh, and, uh, but it didn't it didn't uh, lend much confidence to his uh, campaign to go from fake fighting to real fighting. Um, it, it is such an interesting story, too, because it's like kind of the polar opposite of Lesnar, whereas Lesnar was a fighter and Lesnar is a huge beast. And you're like, you know what? Even without like an intense amount of training, I could see him lasting. CM Punk, you know for mic skills. CM yeah. Punk, you know for being a personality. That's why yeah. low, extremely low expectations here. Well, Tate and I were talking about this at lunch. Well, I should say that we that the Ringer.com published a great piece by Chuck Mendenhall today, uh, Thursday, as I'm saying this, about that, that kind of chronicles all of the various pro athletes that made the leap to MMA. Most all of them wrong-headed, like terrible decisions. Uh, there's you know James Tony and Michael Westbrook and Herschel Walker, uh, Johnny Morton. Johnny Morton got his like Ooh. just got knocked out like I've never seen anybody get knocked out. Um, and uh, the Green Power Ranger who had previously challenged CM Punk. I don't know if you count that as an athlete, but I think he was a martial artist. And um, <laughs> uh, he was most famous for being an actor. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's not Brock Lesnar is obviously the exception to the rule. He was a guy that could have been a UFC champion that just kind of took a detour into right. WWE. Um, he, I mean, could have been the champion anyway. Punk is just a weird thing. I mean, a weird case. I don't think that UFC really cares whether or not he wins or loses. I mean, uh, they, if he, I don't think they have any skin in the game. I mean, yeah. if he wins, great. If it's not, be a lot of people watching. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what that's all you needed is to get some eyeballs on the fight this weekend. And seriously, I mean, good for Punk for like pursuing this dream and finding a way to do it. I guess the, the you know I've tried to talk to people who I've tried to talk to some sort of experts about it. I have a, one of my good friends, a fighter and. Uh, I talked to some coaches and and just some you know other writers. Nobody has an answer to this because it's just so bizarre. But the general consensus is the odds of him win, winning are just microscopic. You know, I mean, it would just the idea of that you would go for, that you would really concentrate on being a full time cage fighter at the age of in your mid thirties or whatever, and then. And, and that anything could come right. of that would, is almost impossible. I feel like the UFC actually has more riding on Mickey Gall winning this fight than they do CM Punk winning this fight because Mickey Gall is an up-and-coming fighter who's going to be a big deal at some point. I and mean, he's yeah. already you know made quite a name for himself 24 younger yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, I mean, he's got a big i mean right i mean that was so you get all these eyeballs on that guy and he ends up beating cm punk and boom he's already he's on to the next level yeah, for your for your mindenhall, company mindenhall referred to it as the cm punk sweepstakes i mean it's the it's whoever whoever wins this fight is going to emerge a star and the odds of cm punk winning are so low yeah. that like everybody wanted this fight because so, you could just come out a million times more famous than when you walked in yeah. well what's a win for cm punk for you if he gets out of the first I, round i think or? if cm punk gets out of the first round uh i mean like a real like the real moral victory if we're going to assume that he's not going to win if he survives if he just gets <laughs> his face beat in for three rounds but makes it through three that's top uh but after that if he makes it through one round i think i think that's a i think it's a small moral victory i can i can imagine punk with a wry smile on his face at a broken arm after the after the match being interviewed by joe rogan and having that just be like all right well you know good for you man you tried and you did more than most people who say they're going to try would do. We'll see. I get the sense from the interviews that I've watched and the people who talk about it uh, in UFC that there's not a real sort of sense of like, awesome that this guy's doing this about it. I mm -hmm. think a lot of them feel a little slap in the face. Like, oh, you think you can just come in here and do this? Well, 
And then on the other side, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the wrestling community's response is to it. And I mean the actual performers in right. the industry because, you know, I, you, you may not see a lot of people going like, hey, congrats, coach. I totally agree. I, I think there might be a lot of guys, you know, may, or maybe not, but like a Ryback very much watching like, hmm, let's see if, this, if he can hang. Yeah. I, because it is definitely a road. It, yeah. it, you know, we can't keep making the TNA jump and yeah. back and forth and back well, and forth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bobby, Bobby Lashley made the jump to MMA and then got his TNA deal on the side. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that, I mean, listen, the only way I'm going to give punk the benefit of the doubt, like there's a, there is a, there is a way that he wins. Uh, one, I mean, it would be that he's like just secretly incredibly gifted. He was born to do this and just that that's the, and, and, you know, he discovered it while he was training. I mean, it would be like if Michael Jordan, picked up a basketball for the first time at the age of 30, he would never have been Michael Jordan, but he probably still could have like somehow forced his way into a pro. Well, it's like Michael Jordan, the baseball player. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. a good example. Exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, the odds of that are just vanishingly small. Um, the other thing that I'm actually really interested in, because we don't really have any fa- any frame of reference for it, is if you if if you go to one of the best gyms in the world, and you train for a year, a year and a half with the sole purpose of not embarrassing yourself. Right. Does the level of training, is the level of training high enough that a relatively athletic person can can get to, can, can look like a reasonable fighter in a ring after a year? Sure, but the 24-year-old guy who's been training for the last five years, who has actually been doing this yeah, for a while, yeah, yeah. is is stronger and faster than you already you're (laughs) almost 40 like there's a lot of problems with that rationale i mean yeah it's going to keep him probably alive like you and i would probably die within the first five seconds of you know like i said i could run away from mcgregor for at least 15 seconds but at some point he's going to catch me and beat the hell out of me i don't care how big i am to him and and it was very interesting like that's kind of like what jay glazer echoed when bill interviewed him that you can't train for for when the second that door closes, the bell rings and someone's trying to kill you. Yeah, like it's not. We're not training in, you know, a gym anymore. We're not just have mask on and people that can break it up. That even just thinking of that makes me want to. Well, you saw it in Diaz McGregor. Run. <laughs> yeah, well, you saw that in Diaz McGregor. They were aghast after the first round. Both yeah. of them. They tried to murder each other in that first totally. five minutes. Like murder each other. It's a crazy sport. I would never do it. It's really nuts. I'm just going to mark out when I see AJ Lee. I'm just going to be honest. That's why I I will watch. I actually would like her to start fighting. Bingo. Yeah. I mean, is she, they have some, some of those women's weight classes, the straw weights and stuff like she could probably, she'd probably fit right in. Maybe. Um, But yeah, it's going to be, although those, 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 those girls, those women are scarier than most of the guys 10 times their size i mean they, they sure. throw they throw cinder blocks man They're yeah crazy yeah. um yeah so this saturday will be um you know a very uh a very interesting uh very interesting night non-wrestling night for wrestling fans yeah. i mean i said on the podcast before we went to i was at a i was at at SummerSlam, and then a bunch of people uh ran across the street to a bar to watch the the Diaz McGregor fight and when that CM Punk promo came on, um, the crowd went nuts. I mean that was like the, one of the biggest pops of the night, including SummerSlam, and uh, and it, it, it's I don't know I don't know I, I just I, it'll be interesting to see what happens and what the general vibe is. I can just I just think I, I worry that too many wrestling fans are just just have talked themselves into the 
the thought that Punk might win <laughs> and are going to be disappointed. Uh, I'm curious to see how many people, WWE folks or wrestling folks in general, are actually at the fight. Because I, I feel like oh. maybe, you know, does Heyman go? Does Lesnar go? Yeah. You know, it's like, what kind of crossover do we have? Because that relationship is... If he had a whole, What if he had a whole faction? No bueno. Like the, uh, like, like you know, like wrestling. Like, what? how, how did they get in here? It's like, right. well, they bought tickets. You <laughs> right. can't say no. Right. Um, it's like Bryan Vince, Vince yeah. sitting going, front row. Yeah. That would be... That would be <laughs> Vince just staring daggers the entire time. That would actually be worth... That oh. would be worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess Cole Cabana won't be there. Apparently, they're fighting now. So oh, this, this is a, this is like summer. I mean, this is the summer of wrestling of just terrible Dudes. wrestling rumors. Oh yeah. I mean, who knows if they're true? But it's always it's just fun to uh, it's fun to imagine these things. Um, I don't know, man. I got a lot of other. I mean, is there? We'll we'll talk about the cruiserweight classic next week because we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Um, but Zack Saber Jr. Uh, had a uh, had a really great match with a really cool finish that people were going ape for, um, and I saw Zack Saber Jr. wrestle this weekend at uh, the Battle of Los Angeles PWG's Bola. Uh, I saw a bunch of awesome wrestlers wrestle this weekend. I really cannot recommend. I mean, I, the last time I talked about PWG on the show, I think everybody turned off the radio. I mean, t- you turned off their podcast like immediately. So I'm only going to talk about this for a second, and it will segue into WWE. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, to a lot of the people that we're seeing on the Cruiserweight Classic, you know, came up from the indie scene. A lot of the people that we're seeing on Raw and on SmackDown, like winning big things came from the indie scene and PWG has kind of positioned itself in recent years as the spot, as like the launching pad for a lot, especially since, you know, there's a lot of people who were also in Ring of Honor and, you know, Dragon Gate even, but, but PWG is, especially Bola is sort of like the the Super Bowl of indie wrestling in a lot of ways. Um, so it's really cool to go watch. Uh, at the level of wrestling is just like off the charts. Um, and the vibe is really good. And it's just, it's a very small venue um, and kind of expensive, kind of really expensive for, you know, what you're expecting to play for an indie show to get in, but it's worth the money. I mean, it's not more expensive than like a big WWE show. It's just less seats. Um, but, it, you know, it was, it was, but it's so it, it is funny as like everyone keeps trying to do more production. How you know this indie takeover sometimes with just less production and with wrestling and a little more gritty the, is kind of sometimes the way to go. And how I think a lot of fans wish TNA would go instead of trying to recreate like WWE '90s or yeah or just current WWE. Oh, cor- yeah, the totally. uh, the the, the, the bromans and the uh, hype yeah. bros is like I'm. I just want to slap somebody. The most the highest production value of the entire of the entire Bola weekend was um, right before the main right before the big final match. For everyone that doesn't know, it's like a three night tournament um, to crown. Uh, the winner, uh, the, 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 so the guy gets a trophy, he wins Bola, he gets a title shot against now the, the, the title holder, Zack Sabre Jr. in this case. Um, and then on the last night, there's like the semifinals and the finals, and then the, the, the last match is a triple threat. So there's like, so all the guys who are in the main event have that's wrestled three times in one night. Okay. Um, is that right? Is like the Kumite. Time? Huh? Like the Kumite. Yeah. You know, the Kumite. Or just, yeah, yeah. It's, um, so, but the best special effects in the whole in the whole event, since you brought it up, was in the the match before the main event, while they were giving these guys time to catch their breath, they had a giant ten man tag with like all of the stars who weren't in the tournament that night, uh, including WWE standouts Cedric Alexander and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, who else was there? 
well, Chuck Taylor, who's a great indie guy. Oh, oh Ch- uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who's in NXT and was the Cruiserweight Classic, too. He was there. Um, let's see. Tre- uh, Trevor Lee. Wait, no, no, sorry. I'm jumping around. Jeff Cobb, Chuck Taylor, Sammy Callahan, who was briefly in NXT, Matt Riddle, who's a former MMA guy who will be in WWE someday, Pete Dunne, um, Tommy End, who just signed with WWE uh, and is going to be the world champion within two years. He's just amazing. Uh, Brian Kendrick was in the match and got a huge spot. But the oh. the if that's not legendary enough for you, Jushin Thunder Liger was also in the match. No way. Who's like, you know, just like 68 years old yeah. and still wrestles. It's the same outfit with just like, you know, I'm sure some some like man spanks underneath and a wig instead of the long flowing hair or whatever. Yeah. He was, but at some point, one point in the match, he did the slow mo, the the remote control trick. Have you seen any? Have you ever seen this on a, a version of this on YouTube? No, that was my next question. He pulls yeah. out a remote control and like pauses his opponent. It's just, it's just, a, it's a joke <laughs> match, right? With all yeah. these guys in it, he like he can pause his opponent and then he goes slow motion, and they just they work the match for like five minutes in slow motion, and it's the most amazing thing you've ever seen. And then, as you're watching it, just mystified. You you start realizing that all of the hardcore fans are in are doing it too, and everybody <laughs> oh. around the ring is just like cheering in like you know just like fist pumping in slow motion <laughs> and reacting with just like you know like their faces like shocked faces in slow motion, and it's like the most surreal and wonderful thing I've ever been a part of. As a, I've seen it on YouTube, it never it never happened to me as, as best I can remember, and it was like you getting caught up in that is just something else. Involving the fans at any level now as part of a gimmick or, I mean, I've, every show now, like, the crowd just wants to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, that, that does sound really cool. I will talk more about Bola in coming weeks when, when, uh, when, when the, the moment arrives, and I'm sure I'll bring it back up ten more times in the show. Uh, but the one thing that bears mention is that Cody Rhodes uh, was there wrestling. Ah. Um, and he was uh, – he it, yeah I, I tweeted during it during his first match it's like hey like unshocking moment of the weekend and I realized that, I remember that Cody Rhodes is a really good wrestler yeah you know um, he was very very good and his wife was there as his personal ring announcer the crowd went absolutely nuts for him um, he didn't have to wear makeup or <laughs> no he was just like, wrestling yeah. as Cody Rhodes he actually was wearing he came out and he was wearing um, like the long tights instead of the briefs. And had a uh, bomber jacket on for whatever reason that he wore to the ring and tossed it in the crowd. And then, ha- but he actually had like PWG tights on and his boots said Bola on it. Like he just like, yeah, I guess he was just showing that he was willing to spend the money. Right. So he won the first match on night two when I saw him. And then on night three, he lost. Uh, and um, spoiler alert, sorry, I guess the people are going to be watching <laughs> these DVDs at some point. And you should, but this is the best wrestling you'll see. In, I mean, you'll, if you like, the cruiserweight classic, even a little, you'll fall in love with with you know these DVDs. Um, but uh, but yeah, he he got he it, the show in or his match after he lost, he got the please come back chant. Like the crowd there is so respectful and chanting, and he um, he took off one of his boots. He actually lost a boot in the match. He took off his remaining boot that said Battle of Los Angeles, and he gave it to a girl in the crowd. And he was like, "Here's my proof that I'll come back. I'm gonna oh, come, nice. I'm gonna come get this back from you next year." Nice. And it was like yeah. a, it was a really touching moment. Um, I like Cody. Cody's great, and and uh, it, it bears mention that um, one of the hilarious news stories this week is that WWE is trying to stop him from using the last name Rhodes on, on any televised wrestling show. <laughs> <Ooh>. Okay, <laughs> because they, they, since they own the the rights to Dusty Rhodes and that's not his real last name, then it's... might I suggest Cody Rex? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, 
It's a, it's just a weird thing. I mean, it's just like you know that he's, you're gonna re-sign him someday, yeah. probably sooner rather than later. Left on such nice terms. Yeah, like, everything why? was great, and instead yeah. it's just like, what is he? Like, I get it if it if there was like WCW, you know, like be, you can be a dick to your to your your competition, but you gotta be you'd be good to the guys, you'd be good to the talent, you mm-hmm. know. You don't have to be a anyway. Um, Speaking of all, well, before we get to talking about how the, the indie guys that have made it all the way up to, uh, to the big leagues, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Do you love books, but find you never have the time to read them? Uh, what about wrestling books in particular? Because that's what I have like a giant stack of them at home. Audible.com has the perfect solution. Get audiobooks instead of the, the old-fashioned books and listen to those books you've been meaning to read while you're on the go. When you're at the gym, when you're driving to work, uh, you're walking around the city, Audible.com has audiobooks from all the leading publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and uh, business information providers, too. My book, The Squared Circle, Life, Death, and Professional Wrestling, is on Audible.com, uh, and I'm informed that the reader, the guy who reads it, is uh, one of the all-time greats. Um, the, the audible.com app is free and it works on iPhones, iPad, Android, Windows phone. Uh, you can download and listen on your Kindle fire, uh, and, and 500 other MP3 players there. You can listen to it. It's not that complicated. And unlike a streaming or a rental service with audible, you own the books so you can access the books anytime and anywhere. Uh, as long as you have your smartphone with you, audible also has the great listen guarantee, which is if you don't like the book, you choose. Uh, no worries at all. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for any other title, anytime, no questions asked. You got to give back the old book. It's like a loser leaves town match, but you get to keep uh, one of the books. And if you don't like the old one, just get rid of it. Um, like I said, my book's available from there. There's a bunch of other cool books on there uh, that, that that you'll definitely love. And just for listeners of the show, Audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audible, audible.com slash masked, that's M-A-S-K-E-D, today and start your free trial. Again, show your support for Channel 33, for The Ringer, and most importantly, for yours truly, The Masked Man Show, uh, and get a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash masked. And we're also sponsored by, that's right, Me Undies. You wear underwear every day. Uh, I hope you wear underwear every day. I, I certainly do. Um, but it's time to try something better. Me Undies has created the world's most comfortable underwear uh, with a special blend of fabric that's three times softer than cotton. I'm wearing them right now. I can attest to this. Uh, and when you feel awesome, as the Miz would say, from the inside out, uh, you look good too. No one can see the underwear, hopefully, but they can see how good you feel. When you upgrade your undies game, everyone wins. Life feels better in MeUndies. MeUndies has all the patterns, all of the fits and styles. If you want to wear the, the Bruno San Martino briefs, you want to wear the, the, the badass Billy Gunn short shorts, you want to wear the, the, the Brock Lesnar boxer shorts, we got everything available at MeUndies. Uh, I'm not sure if they have the Andre the Giant single strap, but they do, they they must be working on that. I'll I'll talk to them. Um, all orders of you in the U.S. and Canada ship for free. Uh, and if you don't love your first pair, you will. But if you don't, MeUndies will pay you back, and you can keep it forever for free, no questions asked. Um, I do all of my at home wrestling in MeUndies. For a limited time, MeUndies is offering you, Humanoids, a 20% off your first order at MeUndies.com slash masked, M-A-S-K-E-D. 
If you don't love your first pair, it's free. You have no excuse. Wait, if you don't love your first pair, it's free. It doesn't matter. You have no excuse to try them out. Make sure you go to MeUndies.com slash M-A-S-K-E-D, masked, to get 20% off your first order and use my link uh, so they know that you're a real humanoid. All right, and we're back. We just got done talking about the Battle of Los Angeles where, uh, you know, Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay, um, all kinds of like the best, like I mentioned, Cedric Alexander, Tommy End, um, my guy Chris Hero, all, some of the best indie wrestlers in the world were there. Um, you know, I left, watched Raw this week, watched SmackDown this week, and the thing that I just couldn't get out of my head was that like indie wrestlers are the stars of WWE now. I think there's not, we've been talking about it over the years, especially since CM Punk, who we just spoke about, and Daniel Bryan, but man, it's just so weird to see Kevin Owens like fully ensconced as your Raw Heel champion. Yep. Um, AJ Styles is challenging for the SmackDown title, or sorry, the world title this Sunday at Backlash. Um, and we talk about them like they're indie guys. It's, you overlook the fact that their opponents, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, are like indie indie guys one generation removed. Like they it, like it's gotten to the point where they seem like establishment wrestlers. That's the crazy thing is but that Rollins like, now seems like the establishment. Rollins was guy. a skinny dude doing Phoenix splashes in you know in like bingo halls not that long ago. Dean Ambrose was was like cutting his forehead open with a weed whacker in backyards, and these two guys are establishment now. Yeah, it's crazy. So which do you think, because it does seem like one of the shows, they almost want to push SmackDown to be like, well, if we moved, you know, the old kind of WWE show to SmackDown and and Raw maybe is like this new generation, you're going to see new faces, new voices, Mm -hmm. instead of kind of like the same old Raw. It is is tough to see like which which you think is going to get that movement more. Whereas, you know, Randy Orton... Guys, I think who Seamus, they're more now on SmackDown, except for AJ. No, Seamus is on Raw. Seamus is on Raw. Yeah, Seamus and Cesaro are having their best of a million series. uh, Yeah, yeah, which has actually been pretty entertaining. People were complaining about it up front, but like this is a solid use of two of. I'm not saying these specific guys, but of of wrestlers that you don't have other pressing plans for. This is a good use of their time. Rather than them just having these matches and like for a pay per pay per view feud that you're not interested, in. I at agree. least there was like a build. There were built in stakes. I agree. You know? I thought it was strange that they did the one that he won the one at not a televised performance, and now it's three to one. It was like, uh, oh, did he win it, the non televised? Yeah, yeah, he won yeah. the non televised. So well, he now had to win. He I know, good. but it's like that's a weird setup. Though they're like, okay, let's just burn off a couple where people aren't watching because I don't like- think it's going over so well. <laughs> This is like Bill Goldberg when he likes his winning streak just would get padded yeah. randomly like between 138 shows. and 0 yeah. in the next fight. It's like 162 and 0. Yeah, they should just make it a best of like a best of 100 series match, series feud and then just do all do like 98 of them right. off Right. Then TV. you put the yeah. the 99 the the 99 and the 100 match. If they just counted house shows, they could probably do that, right? Probably easily, yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, this is a 3 great, months. <laughs> this is a wonderful idea that we've had for them. It works um, it works in every other uh, sport for playoffs. So what do we think about it? We're, we're now one, one, just over one weekend to the Kevin Owens uh, era. 
Steve, what's, I your, what's your take? I mean, take look, so I, I stood uh, two summer or two WrestleManias ago in Santa Clara, San Francisco, whatever. Uh, I stood in the little dining hall afterwards with uh, Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, and I took a picture that night and I tweeted it out and I said, "The future of the WWE," because at that time, I mean, it was just so clear cut that they were going to be the next big thing coming sure. up. And then Owens came up before Balor, which kind of shocked me, but not that he didn't deserve to. It just I thought Balor, they'd get him up as quick as well, possible. They pulled Owens up really quickly. Right. Uh, I think it was right after that WrestleMania, I feel like. It was pretty yep. pretty close after that. So I'm not shocked that he's got the belt. Um, I thought once Balor lost it, it would go back to an establishment guy for a little while. Sure. And again, not that Rollins is establishment, but it's enough of an establishment. Oh, he's, he's, he's this John Cena-style safety valve at this point. Yeah, so I was pleasantly shocked. And uh, I, I said on this podcast, I think Owens is the best heel we've had in a very, very long time. He just understands how to be a heel in this in this generation the social media generation he knows how to play all those angles and uh he keeps it alive but have you ever seen him live i mean he just talks to the crowd for the entire match and just picks people out and just so and good that's, life. yeah it's just it's what it it's uh it's a perfect combination for in my mind a perfect heel champion i was uh really excited to see a triple h promo on monday we didn't get one but i wasn't disappointed because owens picked up all the slack that that line that he had about how where he said, you know, the fans were chanting, you deserve it. And he was like, and you're right that I did. <laughs> I but, they, but they were stepping all over my moment. You know, like <laughs> right. that was, there was nothing, like, that is how to, that is how to, like, how to go from face to heel. Or like, not you know, how to like cut off the face turn that the audience is trying to force on you yeah. uh, in one line. It was just so masterful. Yeah. The suit was, it was you know, I, I definitely didn't see that coming. Oh, it was so good. And it, it's interesting how you know WWE with these long storylines that drag out, drag out. We're going to make you wait for it. And how Finn Balor's injury, when they had to scramble, and you know what? Let's just do this. Let let's see how this happens. Yeah. And how many good things came out of it? Yeah. How especially now with with Triple H, what's going to happen there with Mick Foley, or you know, I ran, ran by you. Does this mean we're going to get? Shane versus Triple H eventually or does Stephanie have to make a choice so much good came out of this oh and by the way you're still gonna have Finn Balor coming back in a year right oh yeah I was just I was just literally like lying in bed imagining this (laughs) this is my wonderful life for some reason (laughs) it was just occurring to me last night just if if Finn makes his return at like the rumble you know if that's number 28 is the demon entrance I mean, uh, like, we don't, like, the 99% of the fans still don't know who Finn Balor is, but that would be the greatest moment, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. it's, like, the idea, this is the, like, this the terrible, wonderful thing about wrestling is that getting hurt is, and coming back from being hurt is the coolest thing you can ever do. Yeah, well, and under the such legendary circumstances, I mean, the dude threw his own shoulder back in in the beginning of the match, yeah. finished it, won the belt. You know, just sort of adds to the mythology of uh, he's going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine. Um, Dean Ambrose, I'm not sure. My God, nothing makes I feel anything more tainted now than just we'll put it on SmackDown, and I don't, it just doesn't. Let Dean Ambrose feel... chew through it for a couple hours. Uh, yeah, you mean not... just the the belt itself? Yeah, the importance, the significance. I thought it's... I find it really odd, just based on W like what we've seen WWE do over the past ten years that they that they uh, put that world title onto SmackDown. I get why they did it for immediate reasons, right? You want to validate SmackDown. Right. You want to make those, that brand uh-huh. look as big. Um, but to put the belt on SmackDown, then create another title that just like is clearly meant to be bigger, and it's on the bigger show, 
And but the the interesting thing to me is that the, the the legacy of both the WWF title and the WCW title functionally are now stuck with this world title on SmackDown that is clearly the second tier belt, right? Like the the hundred years of wrestling history, like whatever, they, it, they're both connected to that belt. They it, are making a big deal about that when they unified it not that long ago. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It, I love what Miz is doing right now. And when Miz is saying, this is the most important belt on the show, I'm kind of like, kind of, you're yeah. making it yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, that's a, you, people can, you can talk about what, who wrestled for the Intercontinental belt, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. 20? Has it been, yeah. Um, Wait, can, can we go back to this indie thing for one second? Sure. So I was thinking about this the other night, actually, because, you know, my Wednesday nights now are like NXT, Cruiserweight Classic, and thank God Lucha Underground was back last night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can't get enough Lucha Underground, man. Uh, but I was thinking about the idea that, like, I feel like it's always been a sort of, like, indie pipeline, right? But yeah. we just didn't have as much access to it back in the 80s and the 90s. Like, you know, Terry Bollea was not... He didn't just decide to go be in the WWE. That's a good point. Or the WWF at the time. So I think, you know, it it feels like a very indie fresh time right now. But I also think we're also in a very sort of indie, hip, post-modern hipster culture where it's like, you know, almost cooler to watch Lucha Underground or go to a PWG show if you're a wrestling fan. Sure. Which I think is actually good for the business because you see, it's like college sports, man. The guys are trying to make money, so they're going to work super extra hard. You know, these guys are trying to get up in a spot, and so I think that's why you see all this creative innovation and, like, let me be the new fresh thing and have the cool fresh move, and they're just really talented guys. Yeah. But it's changing the face of the industry. I, to- I totally agree. I mean, I think it is – I think it is um, – I mean, I've said before that, like, Lucha Underground is – as much as I love it, like, isn't – it wouldn't be as much fun without WWE to compare it to, right? Right. Like, it's, it's the fact that it stands out. Right. And – you know, one of the great things about a lot of, I mean, most g- good indie shows that you'll go to, I mean, but PWG, you know, is the one I went to this weekend, is they have this this night, this mix of just insane athleticism, like the really serious matches where guys are doing things that no human should do, and like, and no, you didn't think a human could do, right? Um, and but in a grueling, you know, these grueling long matches, like I said, guys wrestling three times in a night. Um, and just really cool, just really cool stuff. But also combining that with a level of comedy that like WWE can't get there either. Despite the, even with when they have Santino Morella or like you know whatever yeah. Eugene, they're still hampered. They're still kind of like on a very narrow track, and they're kind of pushing the the like they're going they're running up against the boundaries, but they're not they're not going outside of it. So like you know it's just like. You know, the Young Bucks are a tag team that everybody loves uh, on the Indies, and they were in TNA for a while as Generation Me, and they, you know, there have been talks that they would eventually come to WWE. But they wrestle in, like, a fully postmodern style. Like, they're, that is what makes them awesome. I mean, they they uh, talk loudly through their matches um, in, like, a, in like an ironic way you would talk. You know, like, one guy's, like, as one of the brothers is bouncing off the rope, his partner in the corner yells, do something really athletic. You know, or, you know, or just like they're it's they're like dictating this stuff. They have their finishing move is called the Meltzer Driver, is like a very like ostentatious way to get five star match ratings. You right. know, and th- like it's they're very self aware, and that's the thing that you know WWE for all their recent toying around with reality. I mean, that they've been doing it forever. They're still not quite ready to go there. It's the constraints of corporate safety at the end of the yeah. day. Like the WWE, as much as we sometimes forget, is a multi-billion dollar corporation. So when they lose, they lose big. And so you can't have the same sort of 
boundaries or lack of boundaries, I should say, that the indies do. You know, you can't get away with uh, some of the stuff that Lucha Underground is going to get away with right now because Spike is trying to make an or El Rey is trying to make a name for itself. It's trying to get you know people watching. It's it it wants people to be tuned in. So they're going to keep hitting people in the head with chairs. They're going to break shit. They're yeah. going to swear. They're going to you know they're going to let women and men wrestle because as well they should. You know, you're starting to see uh, the Bailey match the other night when she got a little bit of action. I was like, oh, are we gonna we're going to sort of update things now. We're going to jump onto the the modern right. train so we can let men and women wrestle each other like uh, other people are doing it and having no problems. Yeah, it's a corporate mentality. There's still sponsors. They're still on a right. major network. But there, there's like things they could do. You bringing up at, uh, at the indie show where you saw the remote control, which, yeah, sounds, yeah. which sounds hilarious. If that was a gimmick in the WWE, they would run that into the ground. Yep. And like that, even the New Day stuff... And Enzo and Enzo Cass stuff, right now. Guys, don't lay, leave them out there hanging 10 minutes to do comedy. Yeah. These guys, you you brought them in to be wrestlers. They're not Jimmy Fallon. And now you're leaving them out to dry for 20 minutes to do bits. Yeah. Which is, and it's kind of brutal sometimes. Well, um, just, I'm going to throw this in before we move on. But um, as, a, as a Lucha fan, you'll appreciate that Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix were a tag team over the weekend and, and fought oh, for nice. the, for the, fought the Bucks for the, uh, for the PWG tag titles. Nice. Um, they were so over. Like, they were the biggest, like, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. like, might have been the biggest baby faces in the house, and I don't think they were supposed to be. People just were, like, everybody there is such fans of Lucha that they're, that it was just, they, they were great. I was more excited for the season premiere of Lucha Underground last <laughs> night than I should have been as a 40-year-old man. <laughs> I mean, I was jumping, and the fact that the Honky Tonk Man is in the first little, like, bit with Dario Cuerta, I was like, oh, my God, you got the honky tonk man. Yeah. Like I'm all in. I'm all in. We got to do a deep, we got to do a Lucha Underground deep dive in like week three or week. Bring four. me in, man. I will for sure. Um, but you speak. You you said you were just saying you're talking about hanging people out to dry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get a little bit into a raw uh, some some stuff that happened on Raw, but the, but um, they hung Sasha Banks out to dry. True or true so or false? Bad. Could, so glad you brought this up because man, we're you you've given her everything and now oh like you you actually even said this weeks ago like be careful let's not push her too fast let's let her mic skills get better and now oh no you're 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 letting her hang there out to dry exactly yeah, yeah. um it the was, whole night was so weird I the mean, whole episode but, well i'm saying just even focused on her like the tweet i've got bad news you know and sort of everybody immediately speculating on a retirement and injuries and all that i thought that part was brilliant in the sense of like promoing what you're going to try to get to on the show but you better have a payoff for that and it better be better than dana brooke running out yeah like i'm sorry but where is charlotte I mean, she's going to be wrestling Bailey for the championship. I mean, she's, I don't know this. Are we set? We're setting up a Sasha Banks, Dana Brooke feud now. Like I, I was very confused. Here's where I just assumed that Sasha, didn't they say Sasha was getting her rematch? Am I crazy? uh, uh, Maybe. Um, I'll be honest with you by the, by that time of the night, uh, when that all went down I think and I bad, sort of waited yeah. for the bad news and it was Dana Brooke I got very angry and just turned the television off I think it was the bad news was intended for Charlotte but she was not there but right but if <laughs> right okay so that part of it makes sense to me uh, that's kind of a funny thing I got bad news the bad news is for you You're, whatever right yeah but nothing 
read under that light, nothing that Sasha said makes sense. Nothing. Like she wasn't. It wasn't like you can take this two ways, and one, and I'm gonna. But and you don't realize it till she says the other way. No. She ju- she just said a bunch of things one way, and then just said, "No, I meant it." It's crazy. It and. I mean, retire. Yeah, no, Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte versus Sasha is for the championship. Oh, okay, is it, it is. is a ba- it, or, uh, clash, of clash, clash of Champions. Here's where I will tell not you. Not to be confused with Clash of the Champions. Wait, is it not? Oh, <laughs> oh no, God. Clash of Champions. Here's where I thought that. I'm just <laughs> shaking my head. I did not realize that. This is where I thought this was going, and this is where I thought this could legitimately lead to something, especially from a group of WWE legacy that has been buried the last three months. So Sasha Banks, again, comes out there and talk about talks about the women's movement, and we've gotten rid of the butterfly belt and the pillow matches. I mean, she's burying the divas without... She's just not saying that divas. Yeah. Why not bring back Keebler, Tori Wilson, Ashley Macero, Candice Michelle, all these greats, and be like, you know what? F, F you. What are you... You're burying us? We paved the way for you. Yeah. And there's just... I think it's time, maybe, that these divas, after weeks of... Months of getting stepped on. And, and and Sasha Banks would be the perfect person to bully up on her or be like, oh, we can't wrestle? That, that's actually that's actually a really funny idea. That's <laughs> honest. That's honestly where I thought like, they were I don't headed. Want, I don't the only see problem is of most wrestle. of them couldn't wrestle, though. That's uh, the thing. Agreed. So they're going to get the one. shit kicked out of them. Well, that's a good point. But they, they, they've done this with every other group of, of wrestlers from ECW it's to true. Legends matches. And you're just... Crapping all, right. all over. Well, Eve Torres was getting pretty good by the end of her run. I really I enjoyed her stuff. And she's like married to a Gracie right now or something, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that? So she's... But, it, and then, yeah. I mean, I, I am, I've am. i always been... I always thought Kelly Kelly was underrated, was sorely underrated. She was not the best, but she was okay. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Well... But Sasha clearly... I think she mentioned Trish and Lita. Trish and Lita, and that, that was, was it. it. Which, who were? Those I are mean, just they, the only two people... Man, like, the only... It's it's hilarious because as I mean, women's wrestling in WWE is, does not have much of a storied history. But mm-hmm. the only four people that ever get mentioned are Mula, Wendy Richter, and Trish and Lita. China. That's the. Well, he said. Did women. she get mentioned? He said women. I think that's really oh, not my bad. kind. Wait, I'm sorry. I mean, by WWE. Uh. Uh. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um. Yeah, she didn't ever really get brought back to like be a part of special events and things. Um, you know who would be great? Who they've? I don't know if they've actually talked about signing. Like you wouldn't even pop a little bit if, like, who if any of the divas came? Well, I was gonna say the the person that they keep, like one person that actually has maybe a legitimate path back would be Maria Kanellis because she's is still married right? to Mike yeah. Bennett and and he's always he always is getting looks from WWE. Yeah. Um, but and she and she, she was huge for a while. Yeah, she could she could have that. She I mean she could fulfill that role. By the way, and not Tori to, Wilson. Tori Wilson, yeah. Right. Uh, not she, to stomp out all the divas, they sold a lot of Playboy issues. Oh, no doubt. I mean, come on. It was an era. Yeah, it was. It was definitely an era. Um, Sasha can do better. Sasha deserves better, but also Sasha can do better. I've, it just felt like they sent her out there with a the script at the last minute. It almost felt like like an improv class where she had a script and yet people were yelling. Uh, like her emotion or her intention at her like every 30 seconds. Yeah. Just like, pretend you're lying. Now pretend you're sad. Yeah. Now pretend this is all a joke. Like it's like, it was just like, it was the the weirdest. I, I just couldn't, it had no, it didn't have the rhythm or the flow that she did. So, I don't know. That so, I, my, so my dream is, is an actor to go to uh, any sort of wrestling company and teach the performers how to speak 
like human beings because we all have wants, we all have desires. All of the things that she said in that ring, I firmly believe that she means. Yes, absolutely. Except she didn't explain it to us like she meant it. So you have to find a way to connect those things because otherwise, like you said, it comes off saying like, and this is the emotion of my first part of my speech. And now I'm sad. And now I'm angry. And I'm angry and that makes me sad again. But here's the turn. And it gets sort of formulaic and we don't buy into and we don't care, you know, at the end of the day. And that's I think that was the issue. Where at first it was like, oh, you know, we saw this coming and, and then fans were like, oh, you know, how could you d- do this angle? Whereas Daniel Bryan really did have to retire. And yeah. then Daniel Bryan, who's very quickly becoming the uh, Stephen A. Smith of WWE <laughs> over there, buried <laughs> Sasha and just said, oh, I, I don't mind that she did it. I just didn't think it was very good. Oh, yeah, that's I think that's the appropriate take. I think that's exactly hot the right take. take. Um, hot take Daniel Bryan. Yeah, uh, he's he's. He's really great. You're great at what he's doing. Two quick questions before we get out of Raw. Okay. One, how do you feel the shining stars uh, surprising win over over Enzo and Big Cass? Any thoughts? Well, I got to be honest with you. When the New Day first came out, I thought that gimmick would never last. I thought it'd be gone in a month. Yeah. And I was like, this is the biggest disaster of all time. So since that moment, I try not to have a strong opinion about things because I was so wrong about those guys. Uh, and I, I have the same feelings about the shining stars. But this past week, I was like, you know what? I hate you guys just enough that I kind of like yeah. seeing your faces now. I'm going to, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I agree. Here's the, here's the thing. One, coming again, coming from a weekend of indie wrestling, the Shining Stars are the, I mean, they could totally be over in any other company. If you, I mean, in a smaller company, you just like push them there. You give them the push. They're good in the ring. People will accept it. They're actually really good on the mic. I think the biggest problem WWE's had and why we're skeptical of teams like that is they just haven't had tag teams that are potent enough to put other teams over. Right. And um, Enzo and Cass are good enough to make you care about the Shining Stars, even if it's for a week. Yeah. You know? And um, and I think that, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually like much more entertained than I thought I would be if you had just told me. And I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to them fighting it inevitably at clash of champions i feel like also you just want to see something new that isn't like the usos or yeah. you just desperately want. well we'll talk yeah. about the usos in just a second before we get there uh seth is seth is seth rollins a baby face and how how do we feel like he's doing so far i don't know that it matters but I, you got to answer the question in the in the right situation against the kevin owens it oh i mean this is this, as close as it was getting, whether he likes it or not, I, I'm I would I don't want to hear what you, what you think. I'm gonna let Steve answer first. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he is uh, a, a very much an Austin anti-hero at this yeah. point. Uh, I don't think I mean he's gonna be a face in the sense that everybody's behind, but I don't think you're gonna see like Seth Rollins against the world. Sure. Uh, I think it's gonna be I can't believe I got screwed and now I'm gonna get my revenge. And I think it's gonna be for him a really brilliant sort of storyline yeah. because it, you know it's not that we didn't see it coming when the authority was a thing and it all broke down. You knew at some point this sort of recompense was gonna happen. But uh, I, dude, I would give anything to be Seth Rollins right now. He's just like on top. Top of the world, you don't even have to have the belt right now. Yeah, Him like AJ, he's I so totally over. Man. Two guys, so you don't even over. have to give the belt to. Him. I know. Um, I might be crazy. I only watched that main event, or, or sorry, his Raw match one time. But I, the 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 vibe that I got was that he was trying really hard to keep playing heel, like on his way to the ring with a lot of the pre match stuff. I think that 
if if I had to do some some armchair psychology, I think the like he very much did not want to look like he was turning babyface because he knew that would water down whatever he's you know like is coming right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. But he was definitely working babyface in the match. Like there are just a few subtle things, just the way that you know they gave him the kind of like hope spots, like the big like the big moves that normally you would that you would kind of put a ba- you, those would be like the babyface moves in a match. And my that, that might be the limits of sort of the wrestling match vocabulary or whatever. But it did seem like. I think that the I think that he's clearly going to be positioned as a babyface, like you were saying. But they're just not going to hit us over the head with it, right? And uh, and and I think that's that's for the best. But we'll have we have more weeks to talk about uh, to talk about Seth Rollins. It'd be very interesting to see Seth Rollins finally as a renegade who's completely on his own and nobody's doing anything for him. You yeah. know, because he's been strong enough to have that, but he had to have it built up through through that year and a half of the authority and all of that business. You know, sure. Um, Let's talk about SmackDown, and uh, we got to run through the card for this week's giant pay- SmackDown pay-per-view backlash, but why don't we just jump straight to the pay-per-view, because it was all pretty much a go-home show for backlash, our first brand-split pay-per-view. Um, you know, at first blush, there's not this is not the most exciting pay-per-view WWE's put on uh, in, in their entire history, Yeah, but it's got a lot of good matches. It's got, I take that back, it has six matches scheduled, two of them are part of the tag team title tournament, and I'm not mad at any of these matches, and if they get, if each of these matches gets some time, I think I'm going to be happy to watch this show. I'm not mad about the matches, I'm just not thrilled about where we are storyline-wise on SmackDown. I feel like they're very much still figuring it out, and these guys are trying their asses off. I mean, AJ Styles is working his ass off right now to sell this like i am the ultimate egomaniac uh i deserve all of this you know it's sort of like owens but at the same time it's like a little more comical and it's sort of like brashness but i don't know man i just don't like i'm not loving most of the storyline so i'm not really thrilled about this upcoming backlash sorry fans yeah um i'm just gonna run through the matches unless joel you have any you have any general thoughts no i mean that's it is it's it's quick this is what's going to happen now with these pay-per-views oh there's it's it's not a lot of time to build yeah it's not great for them to be the first one up right after the split and you know you have such less time to prepare well so many storylines got jacked in the middle yeah i'm tired of bray wyatt brainwashing people or trying to brainwash people and then losing ziggler just had had a big match now ziggler's well, Basically here, here, working here. the same gimmick in this, where he's like, "I don't always win, but I always try." And he's <laughs> right. like, "Oh, then maybe this is the time." And that, yeah, that's actually his gimmick now. It's like my fan, fans love to watch me because they keep waiting for me to finally win. <laughs> to win. Yeah. <laughs> also, his whole promo yeah. was like, uh, "Well, if I don't win, I'm maybe going to do something else." Like that was his whole promo at ringside the other night. I was like, "Oh, this it was is not very great. strange." So we got the Mizdolf Ziggler, which is actually going to be. I mean. The history of friends working matches together is is largely good, right? I mean, yeah. Like people, especially in the modern era, you try to put each other over. Uh, I, I think that could be the good. low key sort of match of the night. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Orton versus or, Bray Wyatt, Bray. which I'm actually I'm the, the, I would love to. I I can't wait to see those two guys wrestle. I can't help but think that like this is going to be a sort of a sort of schmozzy lesser version of this match, setting up them fighting again in a month or 
whatever. Like I'd I, rather see that because we haven't had a proper build for this one. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a little over the Bray Wyatt. He literally now for like four guys in a row has come out and said, hey, you know, follow the buzzards. I'm going to take you home. Yeah. Uh, you come. I know how to fix your brain. And then he gets the shit kicked out of him. And then he like picks somebody else and it doesn't work again. I mean, what do we got? He had Ambrose. Uh, you know, the New Day, which has got completely cut off in the middle. Well, he succeeded in brainwashing Daniel Bryan, briefly. Briefly. By briefly. the way, when is the Wyatt Brothers just going to get Bo Dallas? Like, that seems like such a natural <laughs> Bo, Bo won a match on Raw. This might be the No big doubt. Year. Like, you, crazy. Yeah. Made no sense. Still wearing social outcast gear, by the way. Yeah, and fan <laughs> used, like, Cody Rhodes' finisher, didn't he? Like, that's that was maybe the first shot. Of I did like over. whatever they were doing, like, the sort of, like, creepy... Uh, it, was, it was a lot creepier Bo Dallas this time, like... Like it was almost like brainwashed. Like I've snapped a little, Bo Dallas. Here's the thing: uh, that shows a lot. Cascier, is well. The, the 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 team logo is terrible. If you're gonna push him, you got to put him in some different tights. Yeah. And as much as I understand why they went to the to the kind of old singlet, he's put on a little weight. Yeah. I think that you just got to put him in the briefs and let the weight be the character. You know, just make it yeah. make him be just that. If you want him, if he's gonna be a kind of scary or not scary, but darker heel. I mean, there's nothing scarier than a guy in briefs with with like a belly and love handles who's just like all just totally proud to be that way. Um, but yeah, so uh, the the one thing that the, that Backlash has going for it, as far as being the first so, you know brand pay per view out of the gate, is that they have uh, matches for their new tag titles and the, their new women's title. Right, um, right. The tournament. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot. It's a lot of titles. Uh, SmackDown should have their own. The the divisions in both cases on SmackDown are, are probably the weaker divisions compared to Raw. Um, I am kind of excited about a future where like WrestleMania is all is like UFC 200, where it's just like all title matches or right. like number one contender matches. You right. Know? Um, I'm not, that that all depends on execution, obviously. But um, but what do you, who do you think? In the in the women's side, we have Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi. Man, Naomi's been great. Uh, Natalia and Nikki Bella. They're all getting really good looks on SmackDown. Yeah. What what's what's your pick, guys? Uh, I am actually. I have a feeling we're going to see a Nikki Bella resurgence for a bit because I feel like you need to put some legitimacy behind that belt for a moment. Um, I don't know that Becky Lynch is sort of ready for it's not that she's not ready for it, but I just don't know if if the storyline is ready for her to have it. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I have started really enjoying Alexa Bliss quite a bit. She's good. I I did. I was not really on the Bliss train uh, in the beginnings of NXT, but I've sort of liked where she's gone since she's come up. I always thought she looked too small in NXT, and now, but it's funny because now that she's on Raw, she looks like even smaller. But or on SmackDown, she looks even smaller, but. Somehow that that's just kind of like part of her character now. Yeah. If, um, that, if they don't, I'd worry if if it doesn't. Becky Lynch doesn't go over that sh- shit might start to pass. Oh no, she's good. Um, I think Becky Lynch. My vote would be for Becky Lynch, but I under, but I but I like the Nikki Bella argument, and I I would almost put in some put in a small bet on Natalia if I didn't feel like they had kind of already. They, you know, exhausted all their storyline ideas for her over the past couple of months. Yeah. yeah, I feel like her. Well, I mean, I don't know. She did come out pretty nasty heel. Yeah, um, I mean, she would not be a bad idea for like just a state, like a stabilizing heel champion right. for the division. Right. Um, 
To be, to, 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 be, to be honest, I think it's going to depend on whether Ambrose retains or AJ wins as well. Because I think whatever you see, you will see two different champions at that the top of the head. I think you either say AJ Styles and somebody like a like a uh, Nikki Bella, or you'll see Ambrose keep and like out of the blue like an mm. Alexa Bliss or a, Ooh, okay. or a Carmella. Like that. That's interesting. I like you know? I like that logic. Um, the other big the other belt they're giving out is the tag team their new tag team belt which. I guess now um, uh, American Alpha has been eliminated from the tournament, and which sure. is weird because people <laughs> wrestling people in, in in kayfabe have recovered much more quickly than <laughs> five days or however much time this is. Um, but the Usos, according to Wikipedia, the Usos are taking on the Hype Bros to uh, see who gets that hmm. the, the spot against uh, Heath Slater and Rhino in the finals. Um, what is this just? It's. I mean, first of all, congrats on on WWE to WWE for time for finally pulling the trigger on the Usos heel turn. It gives me faith that they've not forgotten that you know there you can always everybody can turn heel. Yeah. Um, Heath Slater's family though needs a show. I mean, how many brothers and sisters? <laughs> it's amazing kids and kids yeah. that were it was front amazing. row. They're uh, yeah, so good. It's the That's new a, it's the new Ravens flock. It's just they it's an endless supply of like redheaded children. That's it's, a TLC show for sure. One special day, someone had a tin of peanut butter and a piece of chocolate fell into it and they decided to not throw it away and eat it. And I feel in many ways that is what happened with Heath Slater and Rhino because that is not a combination of human beings I would ever want to like no. put together, but it is working on yeah. like <laughs> next level status. Like those two guys together, it's so good right now. It's really great. I mean, and some of the best tag teams in wrestling history have been kind of oddball pairings. Yeah, right? for sure. And when did it, was Rhino going to start uh, being like the politician? Like they're going to—he's actively running for office, but I don't think he's going to win. I don't but, think he's going to win. But either. he's not going to—they're not going to mention it or kind of like. Do you? Would it, you like? Would you prefer that Rhino have wear like a suit? <laughs> I think it's like he's putting up signs in the ring. Yeah, legislation. Like, that's stage. not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't stand for the anthem, like we need, I'm yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. That, actually, I backtrack. Let's stick bring to peanut in. butter and chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stick to sports, guys. The uh, fake sports. Um, so, what do you think? I mean, is is this? A, are they just setting up the heel Usos to be the champs, or do we think Heath Slater and Rhino are are they are they? Uh, I mean, they, they, listen, they've done a cool job of like giving a lot of spotlight to American Alpha. I think if you asked me three days ago, I would have put all of my money on American Alpha to win because of the way they've been hyped. But even despite like setting aside that, let's say that they were in, they were, they were still viable to wrestle on Sunday. The Uso heel turn and just the steady progression of Slater and Rhino, like those three teams are all suddenly like very valid tag teams. Yeah. And you've given Heath Slater like a, a sort of a storyline trying to get this contract, but it's just, I don't know, as the tag team champions, they're the first belt you're going to give those guys. Uh, I don't know. I don't That's, know. I just think field, I like it, man. I, just, I mean, I just, I, I've always liked the idea of, of the kind of random tag teams, especially if they were just like, mm-hmm. who you know, you get to be the first person to hold this belt. Maybe they could do a little bit more old school and go like, you win this tournament, you get the belt and $100,000 or something. And then you see, you know, whoever, like the Miz is like, maybe I'll just find a partner and wrestle twice that well, night. Well, Dusty you know, Rhodes tag team challenge. You had Finn yeah. Balor and Samoa Joe. And it, exactly. You know, it was like a weird pairing, but it worked out really well. They won the the tournament so yeah and you can use that to, to do you know to, to push storylines in other directions Dude, i would love it if Heath slater and rhino win i don't think that's the way it's gonna go but i i would love it why not they're gonna be on tv regardless I yeah mean, Heath slater is the star of smackdown at this yeah. point um and then last thing dean ambrose versus aj styles for the title for the uh for the world title the most important 
belt uh, in professional wrestling history. Um, is it? Do you think AJ is going to get it? Is AJ going to? Is AJ going to go from indie wrestling to King of the Mountain in in a calendar year? I. This is ever that people. This is I, a tough question. I, I just the first time you give it to AJ, I just don't think it's going to be at. Backlash. Backlash. I just don't think. And, I mean, as we've seen, WWE, they're, they're not giving up on Roman Reigns. Then they're not giving up on Dean Amber. Well, Ambrose. they shouldn't. They have no reason to give up on yeah. Ambrose. I think that this isn't a, Steve, jump in if you have if you want, have an answer. Uh, I, yeah, that, no, I, I mean, give up. Put it just not I, I think that it's, given the shape of the SmackDown roster, this is probably the first in a series between these two guys. Yeah. Um, so, in some sense, it doesn't particularly matter who wins. Um, but it's, it, it, my feeling is it's going to be hard to carry these matches on if AJ loses. But that's only in the sense that he just beat Cena. He's on this sort of like high pinnacle right now of being the guy backstage. So if he loses to Ambrose, I don't know that you're that interested in watching mm -hmm. him climb up again and like get ready to fight Ambrose. Now, if it's like a DQ or somebody gets involved or there's some sort of, you know, dirty finish, then maybe it's still an interesting sort of tack. But I sort of agree with you. I don't know that you put a belt on AJ at Backlash um, so quickly unless unless you're like, hey, new show, new thing, like let's just shake everything up, new champion, and let's start over fresh from there. You know, Ambrose has had his time. I don't, look, I want to be a Dean Ambrose fan. Hear me out for years. I have Ambrose merch. I thought he was one of the best parts of the Shield. Uh, and then something changed. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just what they're writing for him, but he's almost a buffoon. Like he's not even the least bit frightening to me. He got kicked in the balls and that was enough to like put him down for the end of SmackDown. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. He He's lost his mystique to me and I don't know where you go with that from this point on. Yeah. That's all. It's always been the, the, the potential problem with Ambrose that like the, the, the distance between, Stone, from his Stone Cold Steve Austin gear and his, you know, Santino Morella gear is weirdly close. Yeah. Like, there's just those two things are not, like, you don't see that a lot in, in that sort of crossover. And I guess that says something about his range. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I enjoyed his promo on Tuesday night. I thought, it, you know, there were times it was a little bit hokey. And I, and I think that in some sense, AJ is not the best, uh, at least the, at the beginning of the feud, AJ is not the best for him to play off of. Because um, AJ is awesome, but has a little bit of that, you know, TNA cornball in his promos yeah. too, you know. And um, but yeah. it works for AJ Styles for some weird it does. reason. It does. It doesn't work for Ambrose right now. It feels like Ambrose is performing, you yeah. know. It and is, there's yeah. and and it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not it doesn't it just doesn't always click. And and I think that, um, you know, this is a new thing for him. And it's it, and I, I'm not just defending him mindlessly, but like I think. I'm really excited to see this match on Sunday because I feel like both of them still have so much to prove despite how far how how much they've accomplished. It, it's funny that like the size of Ambrose like that doesn't bother me anymore. Even when you saw Reigns come in against Kevin Owens and you're like, "Oh my god, Reigns is so big." Whereas even with Ambrose, it's like the and that sounds so nitpicky, but like the chewing gum and the weird walk, you've got the belt now. Like act like I not act like a champion, but <laughs> no, it's but like, like like care. Yeah. Care. Be like, I, I don't care. I'm crazy. I th I throw coffee. They, they lost me at when they were at the Mohegan, and he had the giant foam hat on, and was like drinking a beer and had poker chips he was throwing out. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay. 
I mean, sure, you know, Stone Cold got a little cheesy there towards the end. He did some things he's not proud of. Uh, the Rock, I'm sure, has yeah. done things he's not proud of. They all have. But five, six years in, when it's gotten so hard to, like, pop anymore, uh, this is, like, way too early for the foam hats and, and poker chips. Yeah. yeah. It's like Dean Ambrose is, I think the tension is that we want Dean Ambrose to be the indie wrestler that he started yeah, off be as. Be a lunatic. Or that's what I mean, to be but a like serious... like a real lunatic. Our, to, be our idea of, to be our idea of a crazy person. Right. And a lot of that is, you know putting your body through hell, which he does sometimes in matches, but especially, you know, it's what he was sadly known for before he got it, came up to WWE. I think the tension is that what he's doing is he's playing an eight-year-old kid's version of a crazy person. Yeah. Um, where you wear funny hats and knock things over. Yeah. You know, and that's not, and uh, those two things, can ideas can coexist, I guess, but but they haven't, they still haven't found the exact right gear stone cold would drive an ambulance through the back thing pull it up to the ring dean ambrose would drive an ice cream truck to be fair stone gold drove a milk truck i think at one point right beer and there truck was, for sure there was this, there were the a Kurt number Angle. of beer trucks yeah. Yeah. yeah basically anything that they could be they could be driven up the aisle was right. driven by stone cold and steve austin um but yeah uh you know Ambrose is is definitely the ice cream truck is is always in play. But having said that, I know I'm on the minority opinion there because he still pops like crazy. People oh yeah, still, people and still love some Ambrose. I mean, AJ and Ambrose might be the two most popular people they'll have fighting, you know, over and for the rest of the year. I mean, they yeah. both just get such big reactions. Um, a lot of that, I guess, depends on on how the crowd reacts to Seth Rollins as he as he continue continues on this journey. Uh, Anyway, um, Seth Rollins may or may not be a babyface, but uh, but you two are. Thank you for stopping by to the biggest babyfaces in, po- in the podcast business. <laughs> um, everybody listening to this, your uh, your babyfaces in my heart too. Enjoy Backlash this weekend. Enjoy uh, the real main event, watching CM Punk uh, uh, get his face punched in, and uh, and you know, thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Mm-hmm.